0: yo what's going on atl gang it's your boy tuan here once again of course uh we are on episode 46 yes number 46 great number and on this pod nav and i give our way too early nba predictions uh because we're 20 games into the season so quarter way there so we give our thoughts and predictions on Six man uh rookie of the year most improved defensive player and eventually MVP. So, you know, we got a lot to discuss. It's been a while since we we jumped on the last pod. So tune in, hope you guys enjoy and uh, peace. Welcome back to another episode of the ATL podcast. Can you guys believe that we are already 20 plus games into the NBA season? So with that in mind, Nav and I thought it'd be a nice way to celebrate the quarter mark of the season with our way too early NBA awards. Um, we'll be giving um, you guys the front runners for the sixth man, rookie of the year, most improved defensive player and MVP awards. So again, before we get there, got to catch up with our boy Nav. What's going on, baby?
1: Tuan, my man. How you doing?
0: Hey, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? What's going on?
1: Not too much. Can't complain. Um, not too, not as good as you, man. I feel like every time I'm on Instagram right now, I'm just seeing like a a post of you at the staple or the crypto.com dot com arena. Um, whether it's a Lakers game, a Clippers game, like you're just living it up over there.
0: Hey man, they're they're uh, they're giving out tickets like hotcakes, and I don't know, I I don't know what it is. Some people just don't like watching the Pelicans versus the Clippers on a on a Monday night. So I totally get it. But you know, I'm I'm always there to put my hand up and be the ones to take that if uh, if, if our team isn't uh, willing to catch those games. I actually might go to the Sacramento and Clippers game tomorrow. I'm just kind of letting people you know take the ticket if they want it because I've been going to quite a bit of games, so I feel kind of bad that you know I'm hogging some of these tickets.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of feel like you're that guy that just uh, you know invited himself over to the someone's house and is just like eating out of their fridge first day, second day. <laughs>
0: Yeah no that's honestly that's 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 how I feel like uh, w- w- what's going on right now is
1: overstaying overstaying your welcome <laughs> right away.
0: Yeah <laughs> audit, yeah like some of these games like there's extra tickets that nobody wants. I'm like all right man I'll I'll take one or two but there's always like a few left uh on like these weekday games when it's not you know a, like a a great matchup. It's like the yeah Kings and Pelicans and whoever else. So I yeah, I'm lucky. I'm, 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 uh, I, I, I'm, I'm watching those games at home anyway. So it's nice to just walk 10 minutes down the street and uh, be able to to catch it live anyway. So. Well, I mean, it too. might've
1: just been like a regular Tuesday night game for the average Clipper fan or Monday night game for the average Clipper fan. But if you're a Raptor fan, uh, I hope you brought Kleenex because tears might've been shed watching JV score 39 points and drop what? 17 rebounds. And uh, how many assists? Like I think he's he was the fourth player in NBA history to uh, post that kind of stat, stat line.
0: Yeah, I, I saw I saw that one too. Uh, uh, crazy. No, he uh, he killed it. Yeah, I remember I was just texting you guys and I, I was just going off. I was the only one that was really excited for for JV and probably the only like Pel- like Pelicans uh, uh, Pelicans fan there. But yeah, it was nice to watch JV just light it up. He uh, yeah he started seven for seven from the three point line, uh, had tw- yeah had twenty nine points with like five minutes left in the in the second quarter. So that was uh, that game was went out of reach quick. Uh, Zubats and the Clippers did not have an answer for for JV yesterday at all.
1: Okay, so what would you say the main differences between a Clippers game and a Lakers game?
0: Um, definitely the the fans. There's definitely not as many fans on any given day from the lakers compared to a clippers game and like the production like the uh, the lakers don't really like do like the in arena type entertainment stuff they're not big into that whereas like the clippers like they're throwing out shirts every every break there's like a dance group there's like five different dance groups and like like they go out on an entertainment side of things but the lakers are like very chill um yeah they they know that they have the better product so um, they, 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 they're not giving as much, um, in terms of entertainment as the Clippers, uh, teams usually do. Interesting. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing I've noticed. I, I think a lot of people notice that too. Like, um, yeah, just being able to go to both the Lakers are just definitely more like toned down. Whereas the Clippers are like super hyped up, crazy music, crazy entertainment all around.
1: Sounds like, yeah, like sounds like a Lakers games, like star studded red carpet, um you know they don't need to they don't need to entertain the fans with like the t-shirt bazooka but uh <laughs> Clippers games are kind of like Kitchener Ranger Kitchener Rangers <laughs>
0: yeah that's that's why
1: I'm getting the tickets so uh so easily so even though they're fifth in the west and like not playing that bad
0: yeah the, the last two games I went to they, they played like ass but again just small sample size there uh but let's let's get into this man and I, I know you are you're uh um you've had a long day you know how's I know you did a little Pilates and whatnot and it's what 948 right now so let's, let's get into it uh like I mentioned earlier we are quarter way into the NBA season so we just wanted to kind of give our thoughts on some of these early awards uh give some recognition to some of these players um young and old so let's start with sixth man of the year you know let's let's give me your um uh, you know, runner up and who is the front runner for, for this award for you?
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, my runner up is, uh, is a player from a team that we've been talking about quite a bit on this pod as of late, um, sort of an Eastern conference surprise winners of the Russell Westbrook uh, trade that happened in the off season. So uh, it's Montrez Harrell of the, of the Washington wizards, averaging 16 points, eight rebounds. Uh, again, we've talked about the wizards a lot in this pod and, He's just been a huge part of their success off the bench. And we talked about it last time, how like he's the perfect guy uh, for a regular season because he's going to bring that energy night in, night out. You know, he's you're going to be playing the Pelicans on Monday night and uh, he's going to be barking, he's going to be roaring and he's going to be going for every rebound. He's going to be taking charges, but he's actually cleaned himself up quite a bit around the rim. He's shooting like 50% field goal right now. So he's doing pretty... Um, He's, he's playing a pretty efficient game and uh, yeah, just doing a lot for that Wizards team off the bench right now.
0: I got the same here um, as the up for this award. Um, yeah, it's, it was between him and Jordan Clarkson, uh, who was a winner last year. And yeah, I, I think just for, as of right now, you got to give it to him over Clarkson, just based off of how well um, the, the Washington Wizards are doing right now being second in the East being tied with uh, Miami for the uh, the second best record uh, in that conference. And he had, you know, a bit of a down year last year with the Lakers, uh, trying to fit in with kind of a more star-studded team. Um, so this year, you know, he's kind of back into that same um, playing and, you know, playing at that level that he did with the Clippers when he did win um, sixth man of the year uh, back when he averaged like 19-7. and seven. Um, off the bench for the Clippers. So he's playing that same role here uh, with the Wizards. Um, I like what he's doing. He's kind of expanding his his range as well. He's he's definitely um, shooting more threes. I believe he's like a little bit under 30%. Not great percentages, but when he was with the Lakers and the Clippers, he, he shot 0% from the three-point line. So um, probably on very sh- small volume, but still uh, just good to see him expanding his game a little bit. And yeah, I, I like that he's kind of back into... Um, the player he was two years ago and big contributor to, to what the Wizards are trying to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, before I, before I, um, before I tell you my front runner, I was going to choose Jordan Clarkson as well. But right now, he's shooting the three ball at like 28% to 27%. Um, and that's from like 40 or 35 36% last year. So he really hasn't found his rhythm off the bench this year, Clarkson. I think the team's net rating is actually pretty good when he's on the floor. But uh, in terms of productivity offensively, like he was just a spark for them offensively last year. Um, he's actually struggling uh, quite a bit this year. But it's only twenty games in. I think Clarkson will figure it out. Um, but yeah, it's funny how you, we both had uh, Harrell for our runner-up. My my front runner is Tyler Harrow. I think twenty games in, he's the clear favorite for this award. I don't I don't know if he'll be a six man you know, come three quarters into the season because he's playing so well for the Heat offensively that I could see him actually cracking that starting lineup, especially if there's any injury of any sort. But I've been pleasantly surprised with his improvement as a scorer off the bench for Miami. He went through a sophomore slump uh, last year and to see him bounce back the way that he has, the amount that they rely on him offensively, especially in the fourth quarter, is shocking. Like, this guy is taking over basketball games, dropping you know, 25, 30 points on any given night and doing so much for that team, given the fact that they have Jim, Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo and they're so stacked. And the fact that this guy is their go-to guy down the stretch is just speaks volume. So um, since he's coming off the bench, uh, he's my, he's my clear favorite right now for the six man award.
0: Yeah. he He's definitely the, yeah. Like you said, the clear favorite for this award. Um, Obviously he's my number one too. Um, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, he earlier this off or yeah the earlier this offseason, he he had mentioned that he should be on the same level as Luca as Trey, some of the guys that uh, are part of his draft class. And even though he's probably not obviously not there based on, you know, just not having the ball in his hands as much and coming off the bench, he's proven to be a very, very good young player. You well, know, I would I,
1: I, that he's actually probably playing better than Trey this year.
0: I guess it depends on what like the context of that is, but <laughs> um, well, Trey, Trey is like the, the main focal point of of entire offense where hero gets to play against, you know, the, the second unit on most teams. So, you know, you can we can argue there, but he's having a great season for the role that he's being you know put in right now. You know, Spolstra knows that Lowry is going to look for him. He knows that, you know, obviously Jimmy is going to, uh command so much attention from 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 the team's defense so um yeah him coming off the bench playing against you know the second units of the other teams uh I think it's a perfect role for role for him right now of course you want to see him being a starter being more of a contributor um, right off the gate and probably playing more minutes down the stretch uh but I really like what I'm seeing from him again he had a a bit of a sophomore slump last year after having a you know a, a amazing probably like top-notch rookie season going into the bubble and then you know making to the finals and being such a huge uh, component of their team that made it to um that that uh series with the lakers so um i like i like what i'm seeing his his field goal percentage three-point percentage you know and all the all his stats across the board are up this year and if he's able to continue um at this pace at this rate uh no question he's going to be the uni- uh, unanimous sixth man of the year
1: yeah no for sure I mean the the trade comparison there was that they're act he's playing more minutes than trade per game I mean they're just winning they're winning with like if he plays well they win so it's it's funny how like for Miami's uh team right now like you would think that it'd be Lowry, Butler, Bam, whoever but it's actually Harrell
0: yeah, no, that's 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 a fair that's a fair statement. Um, i I'm, I'm it's gonna be interesting to see how they incorporate his minutes with the starting lineup later in the season because I'm I'm sure they want him to eventually start. He in has the playoffs, you know. I don't think it's gonna be when when you when you tighten the rotation in the playoffs, it's gonna be tough to to have him come off the bench. But let's go into our next award here, um, and Rookie of the Year, um. Again, this is probably a two, three man race at the moment, but I want to hear what you got for, for the rookie of the year, uh, at, you know, the quarter century mark of the season.
1: Yeah. I can't think of another year where this award has been so tight for the past four or five years has always been like a clear number one. And that narrative is sort of stuck with that player for the entire season and sort of made them a favorite. But this year, I feel like it's super tight. And I feel like the formula for this category this year is going to be statistics and games played because a lot of these rookies are actually missing a lot of games. So I think it's mm-hmm. going to come down to just raw statistics and the amount of games that the player has played. Uh, so for me this year, the rookie of the year based on that criteria is Scotty Barnes. Um, just because, for example, over the over the course of his last four games, he's averaging 16 points, nine rebounds and shooting 47% uh, from distance. So just his statistical averages right now are sort of just a bit better than Mobley. They're a bit better than Cade Cunningham, and uh, I'm not sure about Jalen Green, but I think he's edging him in in a few of those in the few of those categories. So, um, I think Scotty's just he's a pretty durable guy. I could see him logging a lot of minutes for Toronto for the rest of the season because um, he's a pretty critical player for them they're not going to win a lot of games this year unfortunately so I feel like this is just going to be a canvas for him to sort of experiment on and uh, so far he's he's shining
0: yeah again I think I think we were on the same wavelength for for this award here just based off of what yeah I've seen with Scotty Barnes Um, you know he had such a hot start when Siakam was out in the early part of the of the season and, you know, since um, Siakam's come back and being, being integrated into the starting lineup and being in, integrated into the rotation, uh, we're seeing less touches, uh, less shots for Scotty Barnes. But, you know, the very encouraging thing we see here is that he really doesn't need a lot of shots to get 15, 16, 17 points. You know, he's averaging 15 right now. He was averaging 18 earlier and he had a few games where he had like four or five points. So his his... Averages are gone down a little bit. But you know, I'm seeing a lot of stat lines where Barnes is getting 16, 17 points on maybe five of nine or six of ten shooting. And he's still getting you those eight boards. He has a, you know, he's averaging almost four assists a game as a six, what, six, eight, six, nine, uh, you know, point guard slash power forward. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that's facilitating the ball and you know, the Raptors, again, they're not going to win much this year, but, you know, they're still going to hover around 500. I think it's, yeah, again, like you said, it's going to come down to who's playing, you know, the, the minimum amount of games that these voters are going to look at, plus the records of each team. So if, you know, Cleveland goes on a run, wins, you know, wins a few games here and there, and Mobley's able to play 75, 80% of the game, he might win it. Again, if Barnes continues this production, um, gets these, minutes he's getting 35 minutes a game which is huge for a rookie to continue to develop uh and I love what I'm seeing from him he's not he's a very multi-dimensional like kind of tra- jack-of-all-trades type player right now and he was able to just you know sharpen up that three-point shot just make smarter plays he's making um these kind of like careless mistakes um in transition or just like you know passing into the post it's just like stuff that you, you you wouldn't expect from a vet. So he's got to clean that up. But I really like what I'm seeing from Scotty Barnes and definitely the 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 shining light in the in, in a kind of average uh raptor season so far.
1: Yeah, I mean he's outstanding. My my runner up, my runner, my runners up um were were Kate, we're sorry, uh Evan Mobley and now Cade Cunningham. I think Kate Cunningham is starting to shake off a lot of the cobwebs that he sort of had coming into the season, especially starting the season injured. Yeah, man. I mean, we're super lucky to have Scotty Barnes on our team. The momentum—it felt like the momentum was sort of swaying towards Mobley for the first like 15 games of the season before injury.
0: Yeah, I think Mobley's actually back, so he hasn't missed too many games. So he still, he's still definitely still in the race. And another quick thing about Mobley um, is defensive side of the ball—he's playing very well. Like if you watch his game, um, it, I don't know who it reminds me of. But like, like he's—he's he's like like a skinnier center slash power forward so like reminds me like chris bosh last kg slash like anthony davis but he has that defensive mindset kind of similar to all three of those players that he can be an anchor for 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 teams in the long run so i really like what i see man i I really like evan mobley uh but obviously being a raptors fan i want to see scotty Barnes continue uh to play well and hopefully take home the the trophy to the six baby
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's possible. It seems like right now in terms of, uh, the Vegas odds, I think they're swaying towards, uh, Scotty Barnes, but like I said, with this particular, with this particular category, it's, it's pretty fluid, you know, like next week, I wouldn't be surprised if Evan Mobley gets a couple more games in him and has a couple of nice outings, you know, the odds will probably sway on his side. Um, it's going to be a super, super tight race.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we'll see how it goes, but you know, let's, let's go Scotty. Um, so let's move on to the next one, most improved player. So there's a few candidates here. You know, a bunch of guys have played really well so far, you know, 20 games into the season. So how about I start on this one? I'll give, I'll give you my, my runner-up and then I'll give you, then we discuss and then we, I'll give you my uh, front runner for the award. So, um, you know, just because due to injury and not showing how long he's going to be out for, I have John Morant as my runner-up. So he was my most improved player, probably 18, 19 games into the season. But, you know, recently he had that like leg injury. I'm not sure how long he's out for. Probably a week, like a few weeks. I'm assuming it's nothing serious. You know, thank God for for that. But, you know, he was leading the NBA in scoring for probably the first like 10 games of the season. And now he's back to, I believe, like 24 points per game, which is still huge. You know, the Grizzlies are still... You know, I, I believe they're 500. So he's still like, you know, still in the mix to to make the playoffs here. Uh, so I had I have him as, as my runner-up just due to the recent injury. But, you know, he's been playing really well, shooting the ball and, you know, just finishing around the rim really well. And uh, he's shooting th- the best in terms of uh, three-point percentage uh, for his career, his young career so far. You know, we expect him to continue proving that, but he's shooting... Uh, a little under 36% from the three-point line, which helps him immensely as a slasher, as a distributor, as a facilitator for the Grizzlies. I think he just opens up, it opens up the game so much for him, uh, especially as a point guard, as a leader, and just kind of the the, the franchise cornerstone for them. So, you know, hopefully he gets um, gets back and is able to recover and, you know, they can make a push uh, for a playoff spot. But yeah, I have John Moran as my runner-up.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, okay. Basically I had him as my front runner. Um, well, and the, reason, well. the reason, the reason, being though, because this award has changed a little bit over the last five years. Like if you look at the last five, four or five winners of this award, it's been Julius Randle, Pascal Siakam. I think Brandon Ingram was one of them, Victor Oladipo, Giannis mm-hmm. in 2017. I think what this award has now celebrated is that player that goes from being good to being a star. And I think that's sort of what John Morant was conveying over the last 20 games, going from 19 points per game to 25 points per game uh, with an increase in rebounds and assists as well. He's one of the top 10 most exciting players, in my opinion, to watch. He's like on my bucket list for guys that I want to watch live, him and Steph Curry. I still need to see them live. But I think that what we're seeing is him transform into a star in a 1A in the league. Like, I think after this, I think after he wins this award, it's not going to be too long before he's in an MVP mvp race you know there's going to be a couple years where he's in he's in that conversation so i think that just because it seems like this award trends to who's sort of breaking out into a star i'm going to give it to john Morant. my runner up was miles bridges who statistically is probably having the biggest jump sort Mm -hmm. of double i think he doubled his points per game average and uh, has also seen an increase in in rebounds and assists man watching him play with charlotte he's a super exciting guy to watch him and uh him and Mello have some like veteran connection, even though they're so young, it, they're going to be scary for years to come. Like they just sort of know where, where each other is on the court at all times, because uh, with Mello on the floor, this guy is a beast offensively.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I, I had, I had Miles Bridges as, as my most improved player so far, just again, based off of that recent injury to jaw. Um, he, he's, he's not sh- obviously finishing as well. Um, but he, you know, he, he's getting a few more minutes. His points, yeah, points production has gone up by like eight points from 12 to 20, basically. Um, he's shooting a few more threes. So his, his percentages are going like a little down, but, you know, his rebounding assists, steals, blocks are all up for, from this year. So he, he's definitely probably had the most improvement across the board uh, when, when you just look at stat-wise. But he's also contributing to a team that is currently six in the East, 13-9 um, record right now. So him, Melo, Hayward, um, Scary Terry, you know, those guys are, you know, doing a pretty good job of rebuilding that team. And, you know, it's funny when, when we look back, you know, a year ago when we were talking about the draft and how Mello you know, might be a hit or miss, um, it's pretty unbelievable how well he's, he's played and turned into kind of a superstar already uh, for a team, not only on highlights, but just, you know, padding the stats and just being, you know, uh, uh, overall, it's just a menace on, uh, on the offensive side. So that definitely helps miles bridges. And that's why I have him as my most improved, but if jaw, you know, comes back, uh, sooner rather than later then I think that's his, his, uh, words to lose. All right, cool. So let's, uh, let's transition into defensive player of the year. Um, this one, I don't think there's going to be much uh, argument between me and you on on who's gonna win this. So um, you know, I guess we can just give some honorable mentions. Uh, Obviously Giannis, Rudy Gobert, Bam Adebayo guys that are always in the mix. But for defensive player of the year, I, I I think, you know, there's no discussion whatsoever here. It's gonna be Draymond Green, um, you know, leading the the Golden State Warriors, number one in the West, number one in the total like the entire NBA uh at 18 and two best defensive rating best offensive rating best net rating best everything and you know this guy i believe he's won has he he won two defensive player of the year awards or he's won one and had like two or three runners up whatever this guy is you know one of the the best defensive players um in the league right now and he is he is the best defensive player right at, at, at this moment he is so um, you know, anything else to add to that? I, I just didn't think there was much to discuss, right? You know, all, from just from the obvious, he's clearly number one right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have so much to say. I and I totally agree with you. I'm really excited because the game's going on right now, they're playing the Suns. And Ooh, yeah, the Suns, yeah, yeah, oh man, Suns, that's gonna be the Suns are a big team, and the Golden State Warriors play super small, super small defensively. So when you don't have the luxury of height and length you have to really emphasize your positions and make sure that you're rotating the right way on time. And you got to make sure that sort of the whole team is in sync because one minor breakdown uh, could really fuck up your defense, right? So it is astounding how much this guy talks on defense. And I know I mentioned it on another pod, but he is orchestrating that entire defensive scheme on the court, him and Andre Iguodala. And to see him work as hard as he works, undersized, his entire team's undersized, but the fact that they're able to get stops, get rebounds, it's something else, man. So I definitely have to agree, agree with uh, Draymond Green, and I'm really uh, excited to see how their uh, how their defense holds up tonight against a pretty big Phoenix Suns team.
0: Yeah, great matchup, man. The what Phoenix wants 16 in a row, it's so so quietly winning 16 in a row. I know they started one in three or whatever, and now they're what 17. 17 and three just one yeah, game behind be Golden State
1: thing, this could be barbecue chicken for uh like DeAndre Ayton, you know guys mm-hmm. like Jay Crowder just bigger guys like um Phoenix has the size and that's going to be crucial if this is a Western Conference Finals matchup then uh, Golden it, like Golden State's defense is going to have to hold up and so much of it relies on Draymond Green
0: yeah well there's there's okay like when you, when you think about Golden State right now and how well they're playing, not only on the offensive side, but on the defensive side. They're going to eventually get Clay back. Again, I'm not sure how he's going to look defensively, but he's always been that top premier defense for Steve Kerr and that team. Uh, They're going to get Wiseman back. Again, second-year player, but he's a huge, huge, um, just lengthy beast. So I'm sure he's going to be able to help on defense of that end. And then um, Jonathan Kabinga, another guy that, just from just watching him watching some of the games in limited minutes of course but just a guy that you know is a terror on the perimeter so uh they've got you know three more pieces that they can really add later into the season potentially in the playoffs if if, barring any trades of these younger guys so they can always get better uh defensively and i think if if they if they're willing to you know give up some of the younger guys like kaminga or moses moody or a wiseman for you know a, a established veteran defensive player, or, you know, a you know, one B one C type of guy, man, they are in good shape.
1: Yeah. I don't think, uh, they're going to make any trades. Cause I think that I don't, I don't think you can, given how good that they're playing and they're only adding to their team. There's no subtractions, uh, barring injury, of course. But, uh, I think one player we have to mention too, and I think he's actually grown into one of the best perimeter defenders, um, in the Western conference, at least Andrew Wiggins. And I think that with Clay Thompson coming back, he's not going to be guarding the best players on the floor. You know, a lot of those assignments are probably going to go to Andrew Wiggins. Um, he's playing fantastic. They've, they've woken up the beast. And I never thought that this guy would be as ferocious of a defender as he is, but he actually gets the job done.
0: Hey, man, the Maple Jordan baby. It's, it's, it's what, it's taken almost 10 years. Not 10 years, or oh, like seven, eight years. For for this guy to finally arrive, but hey, man, situation is everything. Situation is everything. When you when you work, when you're with the wolves for that long and kind of get complacent and kind of just giving the ball and you can do whatever you want. Like this guy at his peak in terms of from an offensive standpoint, he used to average 23 points per game for like a full season, which is very impressive to be, you know to do that at at a at the NBA level. So 26 year, years old. Yeah, so he's still so young. So he's averaging 19 points a game right now, shooting about 50% from the uh, field, 38% from the three, and it's probably their best uh, perimeter pl- uh, defender, like you said, right now. So if they continue playing at this pace, continue being first in the Western Conference, does Andrew Wiggins make a play like an all star game? <laughs> I know it sounds kind of crazy and uh, like, if, if like Dray- obviously Draymond is probably in contention there, Steph is obviously there. Uh, but if they are like, you know, the heavy favorites going into the all-star break and, you know, their record is, you know, let's say, you know, kind of similar to what they're playing at. Like, does he does he make the all-star game?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I think what he's done, though, he's kind of elevated that that Harrison Barnes role, though. You know, like it's finally activated, you know, they acquired him. um, And I think that's what they always wanted is that him to just sort of hit those corner shots, play a little defense, cut slash, and just be an ancillary piece to like a stacked lineup, right? Like no one has a better life than Andrew Wiggins. You're paid like a number one. Okay. And all that's asked for you is that you maybe guard one of the top players on the floor, and hit the open, hit the occasional open shot with so much attention on Steph Curry. Like there is no better life than Andrew Wiggins' life in basketball. Uh,
0: you're, you're right. You're right. I don't think, I, I can't name a player that is in a better financial. Like it's
1: career. Great. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's just gravy a, for that guy.
0: Oh, that's uh, what, what a career, what a career. I, I can't believe he's gone to this level. I'm so glad that, you know, we're seeing kind of just the potential that he's had.
1: I'm so glad kind he got
0: vaccinated. Of- <laughs> is is it the vaccination that that got him to this level you know like he's he's playing out of his mind I, I love to see it you know I I think you know we, we we always wanted this guy to succeed and again he's he's recently committed to team Canada so I can't wait to see him you know be a you know veteran presence for this young corps when we go into the Olympics qualification so you know all, all around hope he does well hope he continues killing it with the words and if he's you know in discussion for all-star then that, you know, that's, that's awesome for him. And, you know, what a way to kind of revitalize your career after so many shitty years with the Timberwolves and, you know, not being able to make the playoffs and not being able to contribute in any, you know, substantial way. So I'm really happy for him. You know, let's, let's continue with the success for, for him and the Warriors.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it just boils down to effort with that guy. And I feel like that's just, that was the missing puzzle piece for so long was just effort. Um, Mm -hmm. and it seems like he's bringing it in back-to-back games him and Jordan Poole are scoring like 30 points Steph was like under 20 so if that's the kind of team that they are where it's just next man up um, it's scary especially with Clay coming back
0: oh yeah all right so you know speaking about our about where players let's go into the the MVP race right now I I think it's a two-man race Um, kind of interested in hearing what you got I'm sure we're going to be kind of on the same, same boat here, but who is your, your runner-up for, for MVP uh, at the 20-game mark in the season so far?
1: Um, I'm going to give you my runner-ups because there was actually two of them. You know, I think what's happening with the, lead, with the rule changes and stuff is, you know, in the, over the past few years, there's always been a top five in the NBA, and it's always, you know, it always included, um, you know, James Harden, and and a few other players, I think what's happening this year is that Steph dream or sorry, Steph, Giannis and Katie are sort of putting themselves on an Island. Kevin Durant's shooting more twos than he's ever shot in his entire career. And he's, you know, almost averaging 30 points a game. He's adapting. He adapts to whatever the league changes may be. And, uh, I mean, he's just playing out of his mind. I feel so bad for him that James Harden is struggling through injury or he's out of shape or playing his way into form. And I feel really bad for him that uh, Kyrie Irving, unfortunately, just refuses to get vaccinated. I think that these windows of opportunity for basketball teams are super fragile. They don't come often. I think that Brooklyn might never get an opportunity to compete for a championship again, because who knows what the future holds for a guy like Kevin Durant, right? So if, if his team was healthy and if Brooklyn was just destroying everyone, I'd probably sway towards Kevin Durant. Um, Giannis is dealing with injuries 20 games in like his team is, but he's playing a lot like, but believe it or not, he's gotten a lot better too. There was a scary stat that I saw that like teams are shooting under, I think under 40% in the paint with Giannis on the floor. Defensively, he's a juggernaut. Yeah. And his team, his team is shooting like 40% with him on off his passes. So his playmaking has gone through the roof. So, so just shooting in, 40%, you said? Yeah, here, I got it here. That seems low, no? Yeah, teams shoot 40% off his passes. So his, teammates, his? his teammates are shooting 40% off his passes. From the three? From all over. When he passes, um, off, he's off his playmaking.
0: But 40% isn't a great percentage, no? Well,
1: For when you're mixing three-pointers, it's not that bad. <laughs> I guess what okay, I'm okay. trying to say is, is Gian- Giannis' playmaking ability has definitely taken a leap this year yeah no no you know, for sure when, that, that's that's we,
0: the that's the next level for him is now to be kind of that playmaker because we've seen him do it through on the defensive side we've seen him do it as you know the number one guy not necessarily the number one guy when you're like two minutes in you know with, with the game on the line that's totally fine we kind of they've already determined that gonna be chris Middleton, but he does everything so well everything so well so playmaking is definitely the next thing on his list to kind of get better at and um yeah, I mean, it's scary because he's he's still so young too, and um, he's quietly gonna be in the MVP race, kind of right down to the uh, to the to the buzzer there uh, with with 82 games left. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see for sure.
1: Well, Giannis, Giannis, and Kevin Durant are gonna be in an MVP conversation for probably the next five years while they're still at their peak. Giannis probably a bit longer than five years, but this year my runner-up, 20 games in, still a little still a little early. You can't deny that Steph Curry's putting himself on an island this year. I don't even know where to start with that guy. He's shattering his own records, you know, night in and night out. Prior to this season, he was leaps and bounds over the rest of the league and, and over nine three-pointers made in a game. It was like him, had, he had 30 of them, and then Dame Lillard was next with like nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then over the course of six games, he did it four more times.
0: Yeah, no, so he, think he, about he's...
1: That. And 19 games into the season, he's the fastest player to score 103 balls.
0: Yeah, beating his own records his, he's, he's the other two guys that and that, just, that did the same con- thing.
1: He's constantly beating his own record. They got the best record in the league. They got the best defense in the league. And I think what I've seen from Steph prior to previous years is his physicality. He's definitely put on a bit of muscle. He's taking charges. He's diving for loose balls. And he's just playing with this new rule change, which is more contact. And he's still scoring the ball effortlessly. I just think he's.
0: Yeah, sorry, my bad. Um,
1: um, All the eyes are on the Golden State Warriors this year. I think they were the NBA's, you know, favorite team up until 2019 when all the injuries went down. And then the narrative became, can Steph do it alone? And everyone was saying, well, watch now, you know, without Clay, without Kevin Durant, without Draymond Green, um, Steph's not going to be able to do it. And then he led the league in scoring, you know. And now that the team has all these pieces back and they're playing at such a high clip, he's still pretty. He might be having the best statistical year of his career, you know, since that 2016 season. Yeah, he's doing it at 33. Is just it's incredible.
0: Yeah, he is head and shoulders above everyone right now. There's there's no question to it. He's just playing at such a an elite level right now, Um, shooting the ball, getting to you know his spots facilitating, um, it's, it's, I was watching, um, Luca play against the Clippers and anytime he got the ball, uh, past half court, they would double team him. And then he would just have to obviously kick it to the outlet, which was like Powell or like Finney Smith. And I was just amazed by how well of, a just every play that he made was the right play. And that's how I, I see Steph, but just on another level. Like, if you're not double teaming him right when he wants to have, he's going to drop it off to Draymond. Draymond's going to find that open guy when it's four and three now. And that's why they're so good. It's sometimes the stats don't even show what Steph does because of the, like, I, I guess you call it the gravity that he pulls in from from these other, like, from, the, from these other defenses, right? Like, it's just so hard to stop him. Even though he's kind of like, I wouldn't say he's undersized, but he's not like a super athletic, not super, you know, lengthy. Um, he just has, I don't know, just just such a good flow to his game. And he's definitely back to the, to the level he was when he won, you know, back-to-back MVPs. And even, yeah, even last year when his team wasn't great, he was still, you know, p- p- make, making into the, uh, to the playoffs and, you know, so, so very close to, to being in the top eight and, you know, being in actual playoffs. But um, it's just nice to see the Warriors back back on top, uh, especially without KD, now, you know, Steph's team. And it's, it's his time to prove that he is that number one A guy. And, you know, I, I'm rooting for them to uh, to make it out of the West to, to, to eventually win just because they're such a likable team. And then, again, having Wiggins on there, having Clay on there, having Iguodala. You know, some of, some of the guys I really enjoy watching. So, um, you know, I'm rooting for him to continue playing at this pace, you know, hopefully no injuries, no setbacks. And, you know, he can take take home the third MVP award uh, when, when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's really funny because prior to the rule change, you know, there were some high scoring players. Uh, again, guys like Kevin or sorry, guys like James Harden, guys like Dame Lillard, who were just, you know, putting up the numbers and kind of nipping at Steph's heels in terms of reputation. And I think that there was a debate, you know, for the 2018 season, for the 2019 season, last year, there was a debate about, you know, who was more elite as a player. And I think that, you know, Steph's size and his uh, lack of athleticism compared to other players, sometimes put him in those debates. But I think that last year and this year, he separated himself so much from, from his competition. It's funny that he's been doubted.
0: And I think, you know, some of his, you know, critics will say oh he doesn't play defense but again they're the number one defensive team in the league he plays sure deep. sometimes sure, sure like yeah sometimes they'll hide him on on d and some teams will probably attack him on defense more than others because they're such a solid defensive team but you know you, as i say you are as strong as your weakest link and he's obviously improved his defensive game and you know the buy-in to to be kind of that one unit on the defensive side and having Draymond anchor that I, I just think that, you know, his, his all, all around game has gone a lot better. Um, his facilitating his you know, being able to draw that double team, you know, make the right pass, make the right plays. Um, it's at an, another level. So, so fun to watch. And yeah, man, I, I think that's, you know, that's, that's, that's all I got. Is there anything else that you, you want to mention? I don't want to hold you up any longer. It's getting late. I know you're still at the office. I'm sure you want to go home. Washington State Warriors play the Phoenix Suns in this epic matchup. So, um, yeah. Anything else, brother?
1: Nothing else, man. I'm I'm staying up for this game.
0: <laughs> hey, man. It's only seven thirty, so I I get to watch it as well. So, uh, it's 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 gonna be a you know a, a nice little night to just watch some b ball, watch the two best teams play battle it out. But yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for staying up late, and um, I'll let you go now. You know, get home, get some get some uh, energy in you and uh yeah get
1: get to watch some little, uh, bits of the game there all right buddy thanks uh thanks for hosting this pod good work and uh we'll be in touch Bye. yeah for sure all right Peace. okay later.